Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, and of course, today being Valentine's Day, I use the word love with great affection and great feeling. And uh, we'll get into some Valentine stuff uh, a little bit later on today. Uh, obviously. Uh, every year I ask, and sometimes I ask during the course of the year, how did you meet the one you ended up with? Do you remember your first date? Um, <laughs> I just dawned on me. There's a scene from The Sopranos in which uh, <laughs> in which Polly Walnuts uh, asks one of the fellow members of Tony Soprano's crew, uh, Silvio, if he remembers a certain something, and then Paul has a witty retort, uh, how long did it t- Never mind. Uh, if you know the show, you know what I'm talking about, and that's all that really matters. It still cracks me up. There's so many Paulie Walnuts lines from The Sopranos, which are just perfectly delivered. Uh, and anyway, sorry. I, don't get me started talking about The Sopranos, because I'll keep going and going for four hours. And frankly, to some of you, that might not be bad. Uh, as long as you can call in to break up Bauer these ways, it's okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, also, did when, when you um, are together, the two of you, um, do you have a song? Do you have our song that you share? Uh, Elton John, did he not have a song called Our Song? And I wonder how many weddings in the 1970s that was the theme song to uh, during the course of the reception. I, I wonder about silly things like that. Um, but we'll we'll get into it. Uh, I also was uh, looking at this uh, article online uh, before coming on the air today about uh, how people caught their spouses cheating. So, hey, there can be there can be the good, pleasant, happy stuff or we can get down and dirty and into the gutter. Uh, and there are some stories about catching spouses cheating or catching significant others cheating that are um, really, like, totally beyond the pale. Um, <laughs> there's a story. I shouldn't be laughing about it because it's horrible. It's terrible. But uh, where this uh, man and woman were getting ready for a trans-oceanic flight, and uh, the woman... Uh, was talking to her husband about um, a certain email or an itinerary or something. So she opened up her cell phone, and she opens it up to a text message from another guy in which she says, I'm going to miss you so much, I don't even want to go on this trip with him. 
needless to say, it was a very, uh, shall we say, long plane ride and, and maybe the shortest European vacation ever. Uh, that's kind of hard from which to uh, bounce back uh, from. I just ended a sentence the way I hate ending sentences. Darn it all. But uh, we have a lot of things uh, like that we get it to uh, later on today if you guys are interested on the News Radio 930 WBEN. Now, yesterday, uh, Reese sat in for me for the first couple of hours uh, of the program because I had some things that could not wait that needed to be, well, needed to be tended to. So thanks again to uh, Reese for sitting in. But I started off uh, my portion of my show yesterday by reading some poems. I like, like the way I say poems, a little influence of Stewie Griffin from Family Guy, uh, that were published by the uh, Kenmore Public Schools in June of 1939 and another one from June of 1947. Now, my mother has poems in both of these books. I'm sure they did it every year, but these were the ones uh, to which she uh, has uh, held on all these years. And some of these poems are really, really good. And reading the words of some of them, I think to myself, wow, 40 years later, that would have made an awesome Pink Floyd song. It re- Some of these are really, wait a minute, I didn't think people started smoking weed until the 60s. And LSD, I mean, there are, there are some things in here that are just uh, absolutely amazing. I've got the two books in front of me. But the reason I have the two books in front of me is clearly I have developed an affection for youth poetry of the 30s and 40s in Kenmore, New York. Clearly. That is a reason. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Bit of a tooth just uh, did something weird. Oops. Ooh, that's awkward. Anyway, <laughs> these things happen every now and again. It's a human show. It happens on the air, whatever. So um, I got into thinking yesterday about um, reading these poems. And, and bear me out if you heard this yesterday. Sorry, it's repetitive. What else is new, Bowerly? You repeat yourself all the time. Yeah, can't wait till I get older, huh? <laughs> it's going to be a blast. <laughs> the nice thing is nobody's going to be able to tell the difference. So anyway, um, a few striking things hit me reading these poems. Uh, I, look, I love the English language. I love all languages. It's just that English is the one I speak. Um, I can play around a little bit in German, but I'm a long, long way from being fluent in German. Um, If I lived in Germany for a year, I probably would be because I do have an aptitude for it, but I think I've got an aptitude for a lot of the Indo-European languages. Not so much like uh, Hebrew or Arabic uh, or Sanskrit. Don't have much of an aptitude for those, but the Indo-European languages, yeah, you know what? Um, I think if I lived pretty much anywhere for a year, I would be at least fluent and at best extremely fluent in uh, the languages because we all look we all have our things uh, at which we have natural abilities and frankly if you fix cars for a living i'd rather have your ability if you build houses for a living i'd much rather have your ability than the ones i was cursed with at birth because yours are actually a lot more practical than mine you can go to the woods and build yourself a lean-to and survive a winter if I had to go into the woods in the middle of winter, no doubt you'd find me in the springtime thoroughly gnawed upon by wild boars. Um, do we still have wild boars around here? Yes, he's on the air from two until six weekdays. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tanner Saunders is behind the glass at Master Control. But the uh, a couple of things hit me about reading the poems I wrote yesterday. First of all, the references to God and even some references to to 
Jesus and Easter in a school-published poetry anthology. And I'm going to tell you, some of these poems, I'll try to find some if you really want me to, as by way of example, so I can prove my case to you. Um, I'm all about proving things with evidence, as you well know. But there are some poems that could just never have been gotten away with today. Somebody would have complained and, you know, I'm not a religious person. I think we've established that over the years. But I'm also not somebody who gets offended if somebody wishes to uh, express their particular spiritual viewpoint as long as they don't try to jam it down my throat. It's kind of like uh, what people used to say this about the uh, homosexual lobby a lot back in the 1980s. Hey, look, uh, live and let live. I just don't want it jammed down my throat which was, I think, a very interesting way of uh, making a certain point. But, uh, no, I'm just saying. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm not one who likes being preached to because, like you, look, I've got my beliefs, you have your beliefs, and in the end, none of us really knows for sure. We don't know things are articles of faith, and you can't really prove faith Although I will tell you that the Shroud of Turin still intrigues me. It always does, it always has, and it always will. But uh, the poems about God were very, very striking uh, to me. Uh, The poems which uh, had any kind of a religious bent at all were striking to me. And what, what I found particularly striking, the poems that were written in 1939 with and, and the book was published in June of 39, meaning that it was obviously compiled during the course of the year of 1939. And Germany didn't even invade Poland until the 1st of September in 1939. So what fascinates me reading this book from June of 39 is that these young people, they saw, and I guess everybody did, except Neville Chamberlain, uh, people saw the war clouds gathering on the horizon. Even children, even your parents and your grandparents here in Buffalo, New York, saw them. And then when you compare and and contrast the poems that were written uh, in 1939 versus those that were written in 1947, the 1947 post-war works of art were really, some of them were just devastatingly stark. And you read them and you think to yourself, maybe you heard me read them yesterday, and you think to yourself, wow, these kids are in 10th grade or whatever, and they certainly had a real grasp of the reality of war. And then you start thinking, well, of course they would because their fathers, their brothers, their cousins, their uncles, they were off fighting the war, and many of them did not come home. And it's only reasonable to presume that some of the people whose work was featured in the 1947 book um, were people who were directly affected in a horrible way by the Second World War. And I know I've mentioned this before, and I certainly remember remember mentioning it yesterday, but uh, to bring home the starkness uh, and the reality of the war, uh, you all know our dear friend Gina Latuka from the SPCA serving Erie County. Um, And what a lot of people wouldn't know, unless I talked about it a lot, was the fact that uh, Gina never knew her granddad, Richard Sansoni, of the West Side. And Gina never knew her granddad because he 
died saving the lives of other people who had been troops aboard the SS Leopoldville when it was sunk to the bottom by a Nazi submarine. Uh, Sansoni over and over dived into the freezing water before eventually, uh, presumably, dying himself of hypothermia. And putting together the memory box for his daughter, Joanne, Gina's mom, um, was one of the most poignant and meaningful moments of my life. And it really brought home the reality on a personal level of that war and what it did to people. And also, uh, I had the pleasure of working with a great man named Mike Rosman. And Mike was the traffic reporter uh, in disguise over western New York uh, during the old breakfast with Bowerly days on the other radio station. And Mike died tragically uh, in a helicopter crash when the uh, chopper got lost in the fog and uh, actually, I think it flew under the Grand Island Bridge and then nicked one of the power lines that stretches across the river and went into the water. And my understanding was that uh, the death was, it was instantaneous for the pilot, uh, and it was for Mike as well. And uh, that obviously has been a part of my life and a part of Western New York's collective consciousness uh, for a very, very long time. But what people don't know is that Mike grew up never really knowing his dad because his dad died in Europe fighting against the Germans. So bringing this full circle, the people, uh, uh, your parents, your uh, grandparents, maybe your great-grandparents if you're young enough, they had a personal experience with World War II that you and I can never have. No matter how many documentaries we watch, no matter how many specials we watch, no matter how many videos on YouTube we consume, they had a personal connection with it that is sad and sobering to think about even today. How many times, if you are blessed to have an elderly parent still with us, how many times have you watched a video of... Uh, a place like Auschwitz, Birkenau, um, or a place like Dachau, and you see these people on these old films, and some of them are children, and you say to yourself, these kids who endured this were younger than my mom was at the time, and now my mom is a little old lady of 90 years of age and there but for the grace of God that could have been her for many reasons uh, in in those old films and again it's it's very very sobering to consider but it got me to thinking the quality work and the comprehension of world events and the ability to process them and make meaningful and very touching art from those events all these years later, got me to thinking about the question, have we dumbed down in America? Are we dumber than we used to be? And how do you define dumb? Because I mentioned earlier, there is no way that I am as smart as my mother. No way. There is no way I'm as smart as my older brother. No way. I think that the older generation got a better education than even I did. And frankly, I just, okay, smarts alone, I think I'm smarter 
than my kids because I think I had a better education that was focused on the real core subjects of value than my kids did. It's not uh, a sense of arrogance or anything like that because I would say the same thing about you as well. I would bet you that you are smarter than your kids in a lot of the core areas. Now, there is one area, obviously, uh, in which the younger generation in, in general is a heck of a lot smarter than those of a certain age, and that is technology. Um, you put a cell phone in the hands of somebody 70 years old, 80 years old, and my friends, you might have seen it happen firsthand, they're going to have an issue with it. Hey, I often have issues with mine, and I found that the <laughs> the great reset when it applies to anything electronic is a beautiful thing. Just hitting the reset button, letting it start all over again, do its cell phone magic, and uh, I learned this actually from my IT lady who <laughs> who said to me, Tom, what you have to remember is computers and printers are, and then she used a slang word for orifice. And I laughed because, okay, I finally have a tech person who has explained in language that I understand what I've often felt about computers and printers. But do you believe that we are being dumbed down in America? Is it our own fault? Is this something that was deliberately forced upon us because the ruling class does not want people with a brain? The ruling class does not want people who can think, and God forbid you, you use a thinking that is, uh, shall we say, critical thinking. And I think our critical thinking ability in America is not very good. I think it used to be, but I don't think it is anymore. And that's great for the people in leadership roles uh, at all levels of politics. They don't want a smart public that answer, that asks tough questions. What they want, stupid people who are more subjects than they are voters or constituents. At least that's my take on it. You might not agree with that. But are we dumbing down in America? And where have you seen this dumbing down actually taking place? Where have you seen it? Uh, let me give you the phone number. This is a great time to call because after the news break with Tom Puckett, I can actually uh, get to calls right away if you want, and I am going to be uninterrupted for a while. So hopefully we'll get on as many calls as we can uh, in the uninterrupted part of the program. 803-09. It's always good interruption, though. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
heads up on that one. Little uh, Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett, Diddy, Jug Band Blues. Thank you for catching that, Tanner. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, picking up on a topic that I left you with yesterday, and you guys were basically saying, Tom, we want more of this topic. We want more of this topic. So the topic is, is simple. Are we dumbing down as a country, and is it intentional, or is it just something else? Are we as smart as we used to be? Clearly, technologically, our kids are much smarter than we. However, in terms of common sense and critical thinking, I have my doubts. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to uh, Ruth in uh, Lancaster. Ruth, you are on. Hello. Hi. So yes, ma'am. I guess I'm wondering about your question. Like, what is it that makes you think that our generation is not smart? Uh, I don't think it is as smart as generations before. I would say if you at, if you ask me to name it in a word, it would be general knowledge and general information. Um, if I if I'm in a conversation with a young person and I say U.S. Grant, James Garfield, William McKinley, I, I get these cow eyes of whatever is he talking about. Okay, so you feel like we don't know our history. I think that yes, I, I do. I do think that there's a major shortcoming in in history. Absolutely. I wonder if that has to do with maybe like educational funding, like educational, on a local level. Educational funding. Yeah. Williamsville teachers make a fortune. I don't know what you're talking about. Teachers are very well paid these days. They're not getting paid with apples and oranges and uh, bushels of wheat. They've got better teachers. And and God, I love teachers um, because. God knows they work hard. I would not trade jobs with a teacher for anything in the world. But uh, generally speaking, with the exception of the Catholic teachers and some, but not all, of the Buffalo teachers who are going to be receiving a very nice uh, increase, um, bonuses. um, I think it's bonuses. I might be wrong on that one. But teachers generally get better benefits than people in the private sector, and they have great job security, better than people in the private sector, and as far as a metric I could give you, um, Buffalo Business First, every year, they use a number of different metrics to evaluate how good a school district is. And do you know what they found, Ruth? I'll tell you what they found. They found over decades of doing this, there is absolutely no correlation between the quality of education a student receives and the amount of money per student that is spent in a school budget. Hmm. None, what none whatsoever. It, it is the, I will tell you, it is the business first rankings of public and private schools in Western New York. They put it out every single year. And every single year, the same conclusion is reached. And if you reach the same conclusion every single year, uh, that is called replication. So if it's replicatable data, there's something to it. For example, okay. Be- I'll give you an example. For example, Bemis Point spends a hell of a lot less money than do Buffalo schools or Niagara Falls schools per student. Um, and yet... Niagara Falls and Buffalo schools, despite a lot more money spent per student, their results are consistently at the bottom of the list. Places like Bemis Point, 
typically do extremely well for a lot less money. Yeah, I think with the Buffalo school system, I mean, just from my limited experience with working with kids in that district, is that they just push kids through and pass them, and they, they're not really learning. Well, so. but... It, but when, when do you think when do you think this started? Because if if the premise is kids are not as smart as they were today, it, it, as they were yesterday, it would seem that you've actually now begun to believe my premise because you have just stated. I that wouldn't. So I wouldn't say that. I would say what we're seeing has more to do with the family unit. So there are a lot of kids who kind of grow up with four walls. They don't have a strong family structure. Kids who are in a strong family structure tend to do better. Kids who don't have a strong family um, structure with emotional support tend not to do as well. So I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of, you know, crumbling family structures, and that is really affecting and, and, and do, you th- do you think that the do you think the schools and what the schools have taught might have something to do with the crumbling family structure? I mean, you could argue that for sure, but I I think like there's been some sort of just that family structure it not being there, like having that strong support system, like especially with, like, there's a lot of absentee fathers um, that is creating a lot of issues, at least from what I see. That's, you know, what and, I would pinpoint. It's not that, it's not when, that when, kids aren't smart. When did we start seeing uh, an increase in absentee fathers? What, what might be some of the reasons why f- so many fathers are absentee fathers? Um, you, I would say not exactly sure. I mean, do you, think, do, you, do you think that some of the school's attitudes that we as educators know better than you as parents, uh, how to raise your children might have something to do with that? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it could play a factor. I honestly... I mean, from my standpoint, you know, I don't represent everyone, but I think there are a lot of parents in the city of Buffalo, not saying, you know, in other places who aren't involved in their children's education. There's a lot of, you know, parent-teacher conferences and no parents show up. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with people. It's like a generational thing. Like someone, maybe they got pregnant young, they didn't have any support, and then they were raising kids who are raising kids. So we're looking at a whole generational thing. So they're, but they're it ra- isn't so- that it isn't it isn't that they're not smart. It's that they weren't taught, and it's like practical wisdom. Like for me, I am privileged because I happen to have two parents who stuck together, who kind of gave me a really good example. There are other people who didn't have that, so they weren't taught. Stuff. You, some things you can you can only be caught. It can't be taught. So they they didn't experience some of the things I experienced in a really healthy way. Well, with with all with all respect, I mean, I come from the era in which divorce became more and more common, 
And I know plenty of people who, as you said, were not, quote unquote, privileged, um, but they still managed to make their way in the world and do it in many cases very, very successfully, even though they had single parent homes. And in some cases, they had parents who were there, but they were hopelessly alcoholic, uh, hopelessly drug addicted, and they weren't really much of a, uh, a positive uh, uh, role model uh, for their kids. Um, and I will tell you that yeah, uh, usually, well, usually in that case, if somebody has something, it's because there was someone, whether it be, I don't know, a church or an organization, somebody came along them and gave them emotional support. Uh, someone was there that helped catch that vision that helped them. When somebody so, doesn't have that, when, when kids are growing up and they don't have that strong, like, um, support of family, it's not their fault. It's not that they're not intelligent. It's not our, it's just that I think what we're realizing in this generation is that the family structure is really important. Now, what, what generation are you from? If you don't mind my asking. Um, millennial, uh, millennial, (laughs) millennial. Okay. Um, I, I think, let's put it this way, I think that the human brain has not changed much since the uh, earliest cave dwellers uh, on the earth. Uh, we tend to think that uh, the earliest cave dwellers on earth had less brain than we have, and that's absolutely not true. So it clearly has something to do with um, a number of factors outside of your capacity to learn. Um, but I, I, you, you are telling me, that as a millennial, and you're entitled to your opinion, you're telling me that you believe that millennials are just as smart as their parents, just as smart as their parents before them, um, who didn't need to look at a cash register to give you correct change back. I mean, it's hard to to say. Like, I feel like that question is kind of hard because things have changed. Uh, we have we're living in a completely different culture there is stuff as far as i know you say like technology there are things it's completely different technology has changed our world so to try and put a gauge on how smart somebody is is i I think that's very difficult to do i definitely Uh, think our generation is smart and has knowledge but i think that we lack other things that are really important it's not just a knowledge factor. I think what you see is obviously knowledge, but a lot of it is like, you know, a faith factor and things like that that are affecting the whole picture. I say I must, I must respectfully disagree. I, I, I must ref- uh, respectfully disagree with what you're saying, because in order to have an ability to critically think, you must study the past. And if you don't know the past, how can you study the past? And unfortunately, history does repeat itself. And I'm often uh, amused at what people think are problems of uh, 2024 have been with us since 24. Okay, that's a fair point. My dear, I must move on to some other people. I thank you uh, very much for the uh, phone call. All right, she does not buy my premise uh, that uh, the kids of today are not as smart or that we have a dumbing down of America. And I don't think, by the way, it started with the millennials. I think it has been an ongoing uh, process of dumbing down uh, of, of, of Americans as citizens. 
Um, that being said, yeah, today's kids are a lot better at technology than you and I will ever be. Well, maybe you're really good at it, but I'm not. Here is uh, Nick on a cell phone. Nick, you're on WBEN. Hello. Sir, good afternoon. I had to call specifically because of that last caller because as a single dad, that one really got me. Um, we have absentee fathers in this world because uh, it's a business. You know, separating separating men from their kids is a financially sound business, especially in the state of New York. Um, we're, we're dumbing down the kids because we're passing them through the schools. I remember when I was in high school in the late 1990s, Tom, uh, passing went from 70 to 65 because at that point you moved 200 more kids along to graduate. Um, you yeah, know, it's interesting, yeah, too. They're getting you, dumber. Well, one of the things I should have brought up with Ruth is uh, we have a guy that I've known for many years. Uh, he's a very prominent local attorney. He's been in the news a lot lately. Uh, his name is John Elmore. And uh, John was a single father, and he has three kids. And one kid is a surgeon, the other a commercial airline pilot, and the other an attorney with whom he works. And that was a single father. So, yes, I mean, uh, it's, uh, there, uh, there are many single parents, single mothers, and single fathers who do uh, an amazing job. And there are certainly a lot of people who have taken it upon themselves to grab future by the forelocks and make something of themselves. I'm talking about the whole single dad issue and uh, it being a business uh, in New York State. I'm presuming you've had some uh, dealings with the uh, family court system, sir? Oh, yeah, I could write you a book. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, specifically related to the last caller before me, Tom, um, children are losing out because there are not fathers in the home. You asked her a question. When did that all start? Um, it all started in the 1960s with an experiment of creating a welfare state. Um, we started taking, started separating the family. We started creating a welfare state child support became a business um and when dads started being taken out of the homes not just educationally tom but think about skills i mean how many how many kids don't know righty tighty lefty loosey on a screwdriver because their dad's not around to show them there's things that they're just aren't taught you could say that it's an advance of technology like the previous caller did, but I don't necessarily believe that. I think that we are fundamentally, from an educational standpoint, um, there, there's less hours in the day, there's more children in the classroom, and sometimes it's just easier to move them along. Well, and then there is also there are also some political ramifications to holding back kids because if you hold back kids and the level uh, of holding them back is disproportionate uh, in terms of race, that can be construed in many ways. And one of the ways in which it is construed as it's a racist system, a racist society, and nobody wants to be called that. Correct. Absolutely. You know, the business first rankings that you alluded to previous. Um, you know, for years, um, one of the school districts that locally was at the bottom was, I believe, uh, in the town in which you grew up in. I only know that because I listen to you every day. Um, you know, they're usually at the bottom, and that is a suburban, somewhat affluent community. Wait, are you so talking I about Kenmore, 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 Tonawanda? Yeah, they were at the bottom for quite a while. 
uh, that's not my rec- my recollection is that they used to be somewhere in the twenties, but they have consistently gone down. I'm not sure where yeah. they are now, but there there was a time the Kenton schools people moved to the Kenton district because of the outstanding schools that Kenton offered. Yeah, I was very fortunate to grow up with uh, blue collar, two working parents who uh, scrimped and saved to make sure my brother and I graduated from Williamsville South. So. Um, the educational system is what you make of it, and if I, I agree with I agree with your whole premise, we're getting dumber as a society. I think a lot of it has to do with our food too, but that's you could do another show on that one. Well, you know what? Why why wait? What do you think there is about our food that is? I, I know that we're a fatter society. When you look at pictures of crowds, even at Woodstock, nineteen sixty nine. You see a lot of very skinny teenagers and 20-somethings. If you were to do Woodstock 2024 with the same conditions, you would see a lot of man boobs. Well, let me ask you this question, Tom. Stop, doing, stop eating seed oils for two weeks and tell me if you don't experience more clarity. Dude, I've been looking for clarity for 50, 60 yeah, years. Vegetable oil, your vegetable oils, your canola oils, soy, all of that garbage – you know, once you start eradicating that from your body and you start eating, you know, get your get your grass-fed beef and your your you know, your pasture eggs and 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 tell me you don't feel better. Well, look, I mean, you are what you eat. I have not done a great study of nutrition, but just uh, I mean, you you don't you don't have to be um, you don't have to be uh, Louis Pasteur or some famous dietitian to figure out that uh, we are getting fatter and fatter and fatter as a society, and something is behind it. And obviously, what we eat is certainly a factor in it. Our lack of physical labor, our lack of exercise. Uh, it's an interesting premise, Nick, and I'm certainly open to that as a one idea. Uh, as to why, if we are getting dumber and dumber, uh, we are getting dumber and dumber. Nick, uh, thank you. Good luck in your next uh, appearance in family court. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Uh, are we getting dumb and dumber? I, I think we are. And, again, as I ex- explained uh, to Ruth, and I'm glad Ruth called in. We don't agree on things, but uh, that's totally cool. She's entitled to her opinion. Uh, but the lack of a historical um, knowledge, the lack of a historical basis on which to look at the events of today, to me is very, very disturbing because there is nothing new under the sun. And when you look at people and you try to talk about FDR and you get a blank look, when you look at people and you try to talk about President Kennedy and people are aware that, oh yeah, he's the guy who got killed by that fellow in the book depository, and that's all they know about John Kennedy, it's kind of disturbing. Richard Nixon, same thing. Nixon, oh, yeah, he was the bad guy. He resigned. Um, And there's just – there is such a lack of – and let's not even get into the classics. There is so much wisdom in the works of Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare, absolutely. And I also, by the way – the Bible is filled with unbelievably sound wisdom in so many areas. It was actually written basically the same time Shakespeare was doing his thing. So if you can speak Bible, you can speak Shakespeare and vice versa. But a, lo- a, a loss of knowledge uh, in the classical education uh, is, I think, uh, it's, it's disturbing because you build upon the shoulders of generations and intellects that came before you. 
and if there's a greater English language intellect than William Shakespeare, I sure can't think of him, except maybe some of Jonathan Swift's more profane works. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Are we dumbing down as a nation? I think we are. Is it intentional? Do you think it's happening? If so, why? If not, why not? Uh, and again, I want to thank Ruth for calling in with a dissenting view. Totally cool. And she acquitted herself well, even with the, the gap we had with the cell phone situation. I'm glad she called. On News Radio 930, WBEN. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. See, another example of dumbing down, uh, that was Led Zeppelin from decades ago, and I will put that against Taylor Swift um, any day of the week. <clears throat> anyway, uh, it is Bowerly, uh, eight minutes after three at News Radio 930 WBEN. Are we dumbing down as a nation? Um, I think we are, uh, to be very honest with you. Um, and I think that when you. Uh, look at, for example, America's math and science scores compared to scores in countries that are a lot poorer than the United States. It's uh, it's rather startling, and it's out there for anybody to see. Um, with the money we spend on education in this country, we should be the smartest country there is. And instead, you know where we get a lot of our brains from? India. <laughs> India's loss is our gain. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's get to Kevin in uh, Pendleton. Uh, Kevin, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the show. Tom, good afternoon, sir. Tom, you, you got to speak up, Sam. Kevin. you, you got to speak up for me. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. Can you hear me now? Yeah, just make sure your mouth is close to that mouthpiece and uh, fire away. Yeah, Okay. You, you're familiar with Sam Elliott, right? The great actor and patriot, Silverado. Sam Elliott. Silverado. Silverado. Silverado, yeah. Well, I saw a caption the other day, um, someone posted, where they have this individual with so many piercings all over their face, lips, tongue, nose, everything. And they said, my generation is going to start a revolution. And Sam Elliott replies, your generation can't even start a lawnmower. So anyway. Oh, <laughs> 
Anyway, I want to say. Okay, can we just can we just talk about the whole piercings and the tattoos and stuff? No, no, no. I think we have more important things, but I respect. Okay, you. okay. Talk about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, no. I mean, you know what? People's piercings and tattoos. Um, uh, to me, look, I'm I'm a conservatarian. So if somebody wants to tattoo themselves all over, you know what? Yeah. None of my business. It's it's not it's not my bag. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But if that's mm-hmm. what somebody wants to do, but. Things are cyclical, and there's going to come a time when not being inked is considered cooler than being inked. Not being pierced is going to be considered cooler than being pierced. And then the next generation will come along, and we'll be back to the tattoo mode again. Right. I wanted to get a tattoo just like my daddy when I was a kid, and I said, when I'm old enough, I'll do it. But since every Tom, Dick, and Harry and his dog has tattoos now, I won't even do it. But anyway, getting back to the point. Yes. The dumb and dumb of the masses here in America and the whole wide world, as far as I'm concerned, thanks courtesy of the regressives, and I, 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 I stole that one from you, okay? You can charge me a patent. The regressives, so-called progressive governments, right, has replaced many of not only the fathers in the homes, in, in, in the families and so on, but they've even gone ahead and mentally, emotionally, morally, spiritually castrated, you know, men as we know it. But you know what, Tom? Um, was it George Orwell himself who said something to the effect, uh, I think in one of his books, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, okay, but that uh, the masses, that they were so focused on their different screens or, or whatever and not paying attention to what's around them, so therefore, all the misinformation is fed to them, and then they would say it's true. Just like back in the day, they'd say to you, whatever you read in the newspaper is not gospel, and don't believe everything you read in the newspaper. And then, you know, this generation, you know, they may graduate with more degrees than a, a navigation compass, you know, that yet they end up working for a guy who never went to college, okay? So what's wrong with that picture? But anyway, it's a great topic, Tom. It, no, it, Kevin, I think I think you make a great point. Um, and another another thing that I would posture that I would put out there is that, uh, the, and we talked about this before, is the idea that college is for everybody. And if you don't go to college, you're going to be a bum. You're never going to amount. You're never going to amount to nothing if you don't go to college. And that is such flawed thinking because, see. If you look at things um, analytically um, and if you look at things with a critical brain, you're going to ask yourself, that $100,000 I have borrowed for a bachelor's degree in basket weaving and sociology, if I had invested that in the stock market or in real estate, would I be further ahead, number one? Number two, the trades we have frowned for so many years, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, on the trades in this country, have you ever met a poor plumber? Have you ever hmm. met a poor guy who builds houses or woman who nope. builds houses? Because I, I nope. sure haven't. I mean, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I would, look, I would use a hammer myself, except I can't figure out where to plug it in. Right, right. Before I leave you, Tom, I'll say to you, too, I'm saying this to parents, and I know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure you know of situations if you can take your child out of the public schools and get them into a charter school, get them into a private school, religious school, whatever, and there are networks out there that will help you do that uh, because it, it is looking good 
where the dumbing down of America and the world, it, it ain't looking good for the future. And what's the name of the movie, Tom? Stupidity or something like that? Uh, remember that, that movie they said in the future, people be so dumb? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, and it will, it will come to me. Tanner, Tanner will be my second brain it's on that one. Stupidity or something like that. Anyway, well, I mean, look, I, I think I, I've spoken up. I, I think, I think. Yeah, the, well, thank you, Kevin. I think the the future looks pretty dystopian to me, uh, actually. Um, yeah, he's all this talk about the artificial intelligence, all the talk about robots, and I don't think it augurs well for humanity. I really, I really don't. But are we becoming? Are, are we being dumbed down in America? Kind of a simple question. I, I would like examples, and I, I think critical thinking, if I had to identify a skill set that everybody can use, whether you're blue-collar or white-collar, it would be critical thinking, the ability to look ahead, to ask questions, and to always ask yourself, who benefits, how do they benefit, why do they benefit, and when you see a situation you don't understand, look for the financial interest, always. Uh, let's go to Dan in uh, Chictawaga. Dan, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, sir. Happy Valentine's Day. Would you be my Valentine? Yes, because we're both Ken Maurice graduates. And no, obviously the uh, decline of education there is because they make them wear swimsuits now. So <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> at any rate. Well played, sir. Anyway. Well played. For those who don't know what he's talking about, in the old days at Kenmore East and at Ben Franklin, we had to swim naked. Kids do not believe me when I tell them that today, but it's a true yeah. fact. I know because I was there, and it used to be particularly embarrassing. 8.30 on a Monday morning in the middle of January after a mile walk to school in minus 20 degrees. I say no more. Yeah, uh, but at any rate, Tom, to me, uh, this has a lot to do with a lack of proper parental and school discipline. Uh, the school discipline has been taken away from the teachers, from the government, and the parental discipline, I, I don't know how that fell apart other than our country's become a bunch of snowflakes. So that I think. We have a lot of catching up to do with the uh, rest of the world when it comes to education because it seems that <clears throat> every year we are worse and worse and worse. Can you uh, elaborate well, that's what on I that? I for you, Tom. Can, can you elaborate mm -hmm. on that? Elaborate well, on worse and worse and worse. It, it You know, from the, the decline of math and sciences – from a year-to-year -year basis, has been on a decline, and it's terrible. Every time I, you, just recently here in the Buffalo News, a, a day later, of course, uh, they published something out of the New York Times where it it was saying our our math and science areas are just falling apart, and that could be because of a lot of the uh, Asian nations, for example, have started to developed much further than they had been in decades before. Well, uh, as of uh, 2018, the country that led the world in math and science was? China. You got it. China. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I'm going to get off the phone. I'm about to turn, but uh, I just wanted to call and say that I think it's a lot to do with the parental uh, discipline that they instill on their children is lacking. So uh, I'll, I'll let you go, Tom. All right. Th- thank you very much. All right. How many people agree or disagree with that? Is it a discipline thing? Uh, is it a uh, is is it a, a concept of no consequences for bad behavior? Uh, if if you buy into that, uh, and you might, you might not. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty one eight hundred six one six W B E N. Are we dumbing down as a nation? And I believe, frankly, that uh, we are. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a shame, but it's great for elected officials. It's great for the people in power because they don't want educated people who ask tough questions about their own government. They want you to look on your cell phone and read articles and believe everything that you are told by major news outlets. And I'm sorry if I sound like I should have a tinfoil hat on, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, I've seen seen this in my own life. Uh, Here is uh, Terry in Grand Island. Terry, you're on WBEN. Welcome to the show. Oh, Tom. No, I'm glad I'm on. Uh, Your call screener was great. I'm listening to you, and I feel so like I want to, like, help you get kind of an answer. You're right. We're all being dumbed down. We're all getting ready to be, uh, have, uh, you know, the money, the digital money, and the total control of our food and everything. So what's the answer? Well, I graduated in 1967, and our class song was born free and then all of a sudden i had to join the army <laughs> and they're going to draft me and it was uh, uh no freedom you have to fight for freedom well which is it well anyways here here's your answer it's a sixth sense you have to develop your sixth sense our brains are only half developed uh it's all five senses you go to class you have three minutes to get to the next class and you you totally don't uh, develop your intuition and all that stuff. It seems like a mystery to us. Develop your sixth sense. That's all you got to do. Uh, and it's done with meditation. You said there's nothing new under the sun. Well, that's true of a five-sense person. Uh, but if you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus says, and the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who bringeth forth out of the treasure of his heart things new and old. Without the sixth sense, we don't have a chance. We're going to go down the tubes to a digitally controlled, look on the $1 bill, Egyptian pyramid, with the eye on top. That's what we're going. So well, let's, let's, stick, let's, let's stick with the, the sixth sense thing for a moment, because I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think having a sixth sense is very important. The problem is, how do you teach having a sixth sense, and um, how do you measure having a sixth sense? And, you know, I I don't want to make the show about me, but uh, in my professional life, I've always had a really good sixth sense about what was coming down the pike. And true story, I worked in Tampa and I just knew based on revenue and ratings, I just knew that the radio station was going to go down the tubes two weeks after I left and I went to St. Louis the station went down the tubes, and it, the, the writing was on the wall. I was able to read the writing. Other people were not. Yeah, I agree with you. You have a sixth sense. All five sense people who have been developed five cents have a sixth sense, but it's un, it's very little developed. Your sixth sense, you have it, 
but it's very little. And so the question you ask is, how do you develop it, right? So what you do is it's a, it's a beginning thing. You have to t- detach from your thoughts and let the emotions go out so you can start to see clearly. This is uh, uh, des- designed right in the, in the sea of glass in Revelations. You have four beasts. You have a lion. You have an ox. You have a man. And you have an eagle or a bird. The, the lion stands for getting rid of your emotions. Stop roaring. Stop roaring. The, the ox is plowing up and making good ground because in your life you've reacted to things and made psychological damage inside your mind. So you, you do that. Then there's the man. Now finally you're starting to use your sixth sense. You're starting to develop it till you become the eagle, which represents your spirit. And there you go. See a glass. There'll be one. There'll be more than one on the earth, but it's it's a meditation chamber. You go in there. There's nobody leading anything. <laughs> you you go in and you meditate, and it's a new world. No more can corporations scare you and make you go and kill your brother. You can't do it anymore because when you're in your sixth sense, you can see people lying. And you can see the, what they're doing with the with uh, you personally. I know you. You can see the the media how it's lying. Well, uh, it's that's all. okay. That that's true. But I mean, some people would would you disagree? I mean, look, I, I've got major issues with the military-industrial complex and the intelligence complex in the United States, just as Dwight yeah. Eisenhower did and John F. Kennedy did. But do you agree that in this world, sometimes you have to fight wars because there are guys like Hitler and Mussolini who come along and they've got to be dealt with and dealt with very sternly. You, there was no talking to Adolf Hitler. Yes, yes, that's true. But but if each of us develops successfully, like before I was really, really didn't have my sixth sense developed, I wouldn't have fought uh, – people coming in invading my house my sixth sense says this you better not mess with my family buddy you're going to get it but i don't want to go into a cooperative war and the only way we can kind of prevent it is start spreading this knowledge about developing your sixth sense instead of Um, trying to make a five make it into a five sense world answers the, 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 the it's an interesting the theory I, I sir your, your theory is is really interesting I, I wonder if anybody else has thoughts on it um well you know I've been, uh, listen, listen don't hang up yet don't don't but sir uh, I, I have he, uh, sir I'm, I'm a prisoner of the clock I, I, I give oh, you 30 funny. more seconds but I'm, then I gotta well, go I'm just glad I got through and yes the sixth sense it's it's something different you haven't heard it before and I explained to you the four the, the sea of glass the meditation chamber you I doubt if you'll find any Anyone in the religions who who know this, because right, thank, the six thank, senses. Thank, yeah. thank, thank, thank you, thank you very much. I mean, I think there's, I think there, there's great truth in uh, in in almost all religions. Um, I, I've read um, some of Yogananda's work, uh, autobiography of a yogi, and uh, I found it to be very fascinating. Uh, I read the New Testament. I find that to be very fascinating. Um, I, I think that uh, you know, if you're if you're if your ultimate goal in life is to find truth, veritas, you've got to, you've got to read. 
about pe- from from people who were smarter than you and get back to the whole idea of standing on the steps of giants. Very uh, interesting. Uh, anyway, it is uh, Bowerly. Uh, interesting call. I wasn't expecting that, but uh, I, I'm a big believer in going by your gut. Okay, go. You got to go with your gut, and if your gut tells you that something ain't right. Go with your gut. Can't tell you the number of times and the number of situations in life where going with the gut has been uh, a lifesaver and maybe a sanity saver. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, and uh, we will uh, invite your telephone calls if uh, you are just uh, joining us. Uh, There was... uh, uh, tragedy and mayhem today in Kansas City at uh, the site of the Kansas City Union Station. And a lot of Union Stations around uh, America, formerly giant train terminals that were hubs of uh, population movement and travel in the United States. And many of them have been uh, rehabbed and uh, repurposed uh, over the years. But uh, this particular uh, situation unfolded as the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade was uh, winding down. The victory rally was winding down. And from the west side of the Union Station building in Kansas City, uh, shots rang out and a bunch of people were injured. How many of them were injured by gunshots? How many of them were injured uh, in other ways? We do not know at this point. And frankly, it didn't sound as though the authorities did not know. Now, earlier, uh, we'd been told by the Kansas City Fire Department that 10 people had been shot. Uh, And then we were hearing the number 15. Um, whether the number is 10 or 15, it's obviously a horrible, horrible tragedy marring what would be ordinarily a beautiful day in Kansas City, a day of celebration for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I know that everybody is uh, uh, concerned about the Kansas City Chiefs players, obviously, but the uh, people who were there, uh, who were the heroes in this situation were the law enforcement professionals who uh, drew their weapons and charged in the direction from which the shots were coming, which is, of course, uh, that's protocol now in law enforcement. You don't wait for backup. Uh, you just go immediately toward the shooter to try to neutralize the shooter uh, in order to uh, reduce the number of innocents uh, who may be killed or wounded. Uh, and we've got one person dead. We have three people in critical condition, 10 people reportedly shot, and another number that's been tossed around is 15. And as I've said, don't know whether the 15 number uh, is uh, a gunshot number or if that is uh, injuries, if those are injuries that were caused uh, because of the surging and rushing of uh, the crowd 
and uh, in, in an outdoor space like this, uh, it was a lot better than had it happened in a more enclosed space because when you try to funnel thousands of people through a narrow area, invariably uh, people are trampled to death in very large numbers. It certainly has happened uh, in uh, sporting events uh, in Europe, certain soccer matches of which I can think, uh, but obviously uh, a, a day of tragedy. As far as the gunmen or gunmen who were involved in this, uh, there were early reports of three people being detained and or arrested. Uh, the number that uh, is being reported by the authorities in Kansas City is two. Two people were uh were uh, uh, apprehended at the scene. One of them, apparently, and again, this is preliminary reporting, and sometimes preliminary reporting is uh, not accurate re reporting, and it takes a while for the uh, full knowledge and information to uh, make itself known to uh, individuals. But uh, the preliminary reports are that one of the uh, two, possibly two, alleged gunmen was uh, tackled, brought down by a Kansas City Chiefs fan who basically began pursuing the uh, individual uh, with a laser-like focus, as one of the people from uh, our radio station in Kansas City uh, said earlier, and apparently the other was taken into police custody by the police. Now, whether that number changes, whether the stories of the circumstances of the arrest change uh, will wait to be seen. But right now, and tragically, we are familiar with this kind of a situation in Buffalo because of the uh, uh, horrific uh, situation that we went through at the Tops Market. This whole area now has gone from one of celebration to, uh, to one of being a giant crime scene. Now, this is uh, uh, an advisory from CBS News. Uh, a law enforcement source is telling CBS News that the shooting appears to be criminally related, possibly the result of an argument or dispute that turned violent. According to the law enforcement source, the shooting does not appear to be the result of terrorism or extremism at this time. The source said the investigation is still fluid and nothing has been ruled out. And, you know, when something like this happens, you always wonder, obviously, uh, what was behind it? Was this something that was planned? And, you know, I was thinking that, uh, you know, there are obviously a number of possibilities that go through your mind when you hear that more than one gunman is involved in a situation like this. Um, but in, in this situation, uh, it, you know, it, it, it might have been something as stupid as somebody talking smack. It might have been something as stupid as somebody stepping on somebody's foot and not apologizing. We don't know. We have absolutely no idea what sparked it, but it really doesn't matter at the end of the day for the people whose lives have been forever changed by the shooting. Because as we pointed out uh, numerous times uh, previously, um, you may survive physically a shooting, you may be shot, but you are never the same person again in a lot of cases. And just because somebody survives a gunshot wound does not mean that they are going to live the same life they were going to live without that gunshot wound. Uh, on TV, it all looks so simple. Oh, he took a shot to the shoulder and 
two, two weeks later, there he is walking around. And obviously, as we know, real life uh, generally doesn't work that way as much as we would uh, like it to be that way. It just isn't the case. Um, that is the information that we have from uh, Kansas City. But one minute, there is uh, a celebration parade for a Super Bowl victory by the Kansas City Chiefs. And the next minute, there is absolute pandemonium and fear as uh, people with uh, firearms, at least one person with a firearm, possibly two, possibly more, uh, did some very stupid things, which, uh, you know, it's it's interesting hearing the um, uh, embarrassment that was expressed by the anchors uh, at our station in Kansas City. And this, uh, tragically, is uh, it's a common theme when a major horrific news story happens in the community uh, which you are serving as a broadcaster or in some capacity in the uh, media. Uh, if you will go back and listen to some of the reports following the assassination of President Kennedy uh, in Dallas, uh, there were many, many uh, Dallas reporters who, uh, like today's reporters in Kansas City, expressed a great deal of embarrassment, shock, and outrage over those events in November of 1963 with the assassination of the president and then the failure of the uh, proper authorities to protect a very important prisoner, uh, Lee Oswald. And uh, it also, uh, in, in the case, going back further than that, uh, in Buffalo, New York, uh, back in uh, September 6th of 1901, uh, we had a presidential shooting in Buffalo. President McKinley was gunned down at the Pan-American Exposition at the Temple of Music while uh, receiving people, uh, a receiving line. People just wanted to shake the president's hand, and one of them turned out to be an anarchist by the name of Leon Cholgosh, and uh, Mr. McKinley originally uh, was thought uh, to have wounds that he could survive, but unfortunately, infection and gangrene set in, and uh, he died just over a week later. And uh, in the Buffalo media at that time, obviously, we didn't have TV, we didn't have radio at that time, but uh, in the Buffalo media, if you go back and you read what some of the civic leaders were saying at that time in Buffalo, um, they were embarrassed, they were shocked, and they were uh, just awestruck in the worst way possible at what happened at uh, the Pan-American Exposition, which was to have been a showcase event for the city of Buffalo, turned into a tragedy for the United States with the assassination of President McKinley. So when hearing the anchors uh, from Kansas City talking about uh, the sense of shame and embarrassment they felt. Uh, this is uh, tragically uh, a common scene or a common theme uh, when you are part of a city in which something so horrific uh, takes place. And uh, it's natural, and I think many of us had the same feeling in Buffalo uh, with the uh, mass murder at Tops, a feeling of tremendous embarrassment because that was uh, such a dreadfully hateful uh, and, and savage act perpetrated against absolutely innocent people going about their day grocery shopping on a Saturday in Buffalo. 
and uh, there there is a feeling, and there was a feeling of embarrassment that such a thing could happen in our city, uh, even though the individual who committed the crime uh, was not from our area, was from uh, the Binghamton area. But uh, again, it doesn't take the sting away, and nothing will ever take the sting away from the victims. And in Kansas City today, uh, nothing is going to take away the sting of what those people had to experience. Uh, and the circumstances of the uh, shooting remain to be seen. Uh, right now on News Radio 930 WBEN to help us uh, digest this, and we'll keep him on until after the uh, news at 5:30. In other words, we'll start now, and then we will be rejoined by him. Uh, we go to Jeff Ronaldo, a retired Buffalo police captain with Vista Security Group. Uh, Jeff, thank you uh, very much uh, for being us. First of all, your initial reaction to this uh, event that we have seen and and we've heard unfolding in Kansas City. Well, good afternoon, Tom. Uh, I can tell you my initial reaction was one of absolute uh, disgust for it, and it's the nightmare that law enforcement hopes never happens when you have these types of events in your city. Um, You have a large crowd of people. It's in an open, uncontrolled space, and unfortunately, somebody or some buddies produces a handgun, and this is the result. It, it's it's a nightmare situation for law enforcement. They have to respond to and try to stop that threat. And can you just discuss some of the measures? Uh, it was mentioned uh, briefly um, in the press conference in Kansas City, but some of the measures that typically are put into place by law enforcement prior to a large-scale public gathering, like, for example, a Super Bowl parade or uh, any kind of massive public gathering, maybe something as, as, as benign as the New Year's ball drop. Sure. So, I mean, every year what you do is whenever you're going to have one of these events, you have a large security meeting with the people that are planning it. Uh, Generally, the security company or companies that are involved, the law enforcement agencies, depending on the size of the crowd, uh, a police department will determine if they need to bring in mutual aid, which consists of asking your state police, your sheriffs, your adjoining jurisdictions to assist And then you come up with an operations plan. Basically, you establish a command post. You determine where you're going to have your officers stationed. You assign them uh, posts and call numbers so that as they're needed, uh, you know where they are when they're calling out. In Buffalo, we would bring in a a Buffalo Police Dispatcher to handle the communications piece. Uh, You then collaborate with your first responders in terms of your first aid and fire, and you uh, have them in your command post so that if they're needed, uh, it's they're hearing it right from the horse's mouth in terms of what they need, where they need to respond. And then you come up with a staging plan. But in terms of the law enforcement side, you know, when you have these open air events, you're basically putting officers on the ground and they can only see what's kind of right immediately in front of them. And then you have what's called an overwatch, which is officers on elevated position, generally on rooftops or buildings or utilizing uh, skywatch, you know, those elevated uh, observation platforms. And they have the bird's eye view. So the goal is, is that they can see something brewing or if something, God forbid, does happen, they can direct the officers on the ground to that area to respond quickly. Um, but again, anytime you're having these parades or open air events, you cannot conduct screening. You can't really do bag checks. You're not using uh, weapons detectors. So you're really relying.
relying on a heavy police presence to deter any type of you know criminal activity. But unfortunately, it doesn't appear as if it worked today. Uh, you know, as far as some criminal activity where there is actionable intelligence, you can be a little more proactive. This appears to have been, and again, appears to have been, being the operative part of the expression, um, an incident involving uh, a couple of a couple of criminals. Um, I, I want you to hold on, if if you can, Jeff. I'd like to continue sure. talking with you on WBEN. Uh, Jeff Ronaldo is with us on News Radio 930 WBEN uh, to talk about the tragedy in Kansas City. Uh, Tom Puckett is standing by. We'll have more information on that uh, as we uh, move along. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly, and it should have been a pleasant day today. Uh, we should be talking about Valentine's Day and uh, pleasant things. We should be talking about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs fan having a wonderful time at their victory parade. However, uh, it was marred because toward the end of the victory rally and parade in Kansas City, uh, idiots on the west side of the Kansas City Union Station uh, apparently some kind of uh, argument, some kind of criminals uh, did what criminals do and opened fire. And uh, apparently if uh, there were two gunmen involved and neither of them were wounded, uh, all they did was inflict damage on innocent people. And what we've got from the Kansas City, Missouri Fire Department is a total of 10 people shot, three people in critical condition and one fatality. Now, you're also hearing the number 15 tossed around, and we don't know, uh, as far as that number, if we're talking about additional gunshot victims or victims of, uh, uh, of a crowd that is surging out of control. And there's one report we heard about a lady in a wheelchair being knocked over. And uh, obviously, uh, when people are in a situation like that, it is uh, a situation where Basically, civilization goes out the window and our baser instincts uh, take over. Uh, joining us is Jeff Ronaldo, former Buffalo police captain. I'm going to say retired Buffalo police captain because you never leave that white shirt behind. Uh, and he is with uh, Vista Security. Uh, Jeff, we were talking about uh, what might have prompted uh, this situation. And I don't know if you've heard anything more than what we have heard, but uh, apparently, according to CBS, the uh, shooting appears to be criminally related, possibly the result of an argument or dispute that turned violent. Um, can you can you address that? I mean, it's impossible to prepare for that as a law enforcement person. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this is what you see time and time again, right? We've seen it even in our city on Chippewa where a dispute breaks out amongst, you know, a small group of people. Somebody produces a handgun and innocent people are shot and uh, killed as a result of that. Um, it, it's it's an absolute tragedy. But in terms of how do you address these types of things from happening in large crowds that are not controlled, it's virtually impossible for, for the officers there. You know, you're planning always at these events for a, a mass shooter type situation, right? Somebody that's going to come into this space carrying a rifle, heavily armed, and attempt to uh, cause as much damage as possible. But then you have this variable as well, where a dispute breaks out, somebody pulls a gun, and unfortunately, uh, innocent people are struck and killed. 
Um, at, in a situation like this and in uh, crowd management at uh, one of these events where anything can happen, what is the purpose of, uh, uh, of having a, a helicopter in the air? Well, the helicopter, again, can see a, a bird's eye view of the situation, but what they can also see that an officer on a building can't is they can see the surrounding area, right? They can see if there is some type of threat or vehicle uh, approaching the area at a high rate of speed. They can also see if there's, you know, some type of disturbance happening a block, two, three blocks away. So it gives uh, very good live time intel to the command post that's overseeing this event to let them know that, hey, something's happening three blocks around the corner. Let's get some officers there to address this if it attempts to enter the space that we're protecting. And uh, how about uh, somebody mentioned uh, snipers, that it is not unusual uh, in a situation like this to have law enforcement snipers at the ready uh, in uh, basically bird's nest uh, positions uh, to do what needs to be done should one of these maniacs like that guy in Vegas who killed 60 people at a concert uh, do his craziness. Absolutely. That's part of the Overwatch program. So you'll have... Uh, officers up on rooftops. Some of those officers undoubtedly were SWAT team members and snipers. And again, it's therefore the fact that if somebody was to produce a weapon in the crowd and they were visible, uh, that officer is going to be tasked with eliminating that threat so as to minimize the amount of casualties that that person can cause when they pull that weapon out. Um, let's talk for a moment, if we can. I mentioned earlier that uh, this scene around Kansas City's Union Station, which I'm sure you're aware from your law enforcement background, was the scene of a terrible shooting in 1933 in which four peace officers were killed along with a gangster they were transported by the name of Nash. So the Kansas City, that Union Station has seen its share of uh, horrific scenarios uh, unfold um, uh, o over the years, but again, Kansas City Union Station has become a crime scene. Can you address the importance of taking your time uh, with a crime scene and the special difficulties of a crime scene in which so many people were present and which evidence may very well have been trampled or kicked out of the way? Well, you know, for the crime scene investigators, anything that happens out in the public and especially where there were potentially, you know, thousands of witnesses to this trampling evidence is beyond challenging. Uh, the goal is that once that threat is eliminating, to render aid to the victims, but then to quickly try to secure that crime scene. From what I'm seeing, it appears that they had over 800 police officers assigned to this rally today. So I would say they were well prepared for the size crowd that they had. Undoubtedly, they had a great uh, plan in place. And all you can do is as quickly as possible try to secure that scene. But, you know, at this point now, they are literally going to be combing through garbage and every single physical item that happens to be within X amount of radius of where the victims were as well as where uh, it appears that they did make two arrests of so those suspects were. Will the technology that has been introduced over the past uh, 10 to 15 years be of tremendous assistance in processing this kind of an outdoor, wide-open crime scene? 
It will. Uh, there's systems out there that are used. You see them used heavily in uh, traffic investigations, accident investigations, where they basically create a digital map of the crime scene. And what investigators do is from the point of the machine, they are able to measure in exact real-time distances of all the evidence that they collect. So they can virtually recreate a crime scene uh, for investigators' use as well as later on for uh, use in the court cases. Uh, we're talking with Captain Jeff Ronaldo, BPD, retired with uh, Vista Security on the Trocare College WBEN live line. Um, Captain, as far as the uh, uh, as far as the uh, video cameras, I, I would imagine that as much as the Red Cross in Kansas City and the hospitals are putting out the call for blood, the law enforcement people are going to be going through uh, surveillance cameras at the uh, businesses as well as people's cell phones who might have captured something of evidentiary value. Sure. The video canvas in a case like this will be enormous. So like you said, this is going to involve uh, officers walking the grounds of where this event occurred, looking for video cameras, then contacting those businesses or residences, if there are any in the area, to uh, get a look to see what they uh, caught on camera. And, you know, when you have hundreds of thousands of people at an event, uh, we live in a society where nobody watches anything anymore. They just film it on their phone <laughs> for whatever reason. So you will see a large call and request on behalf of the uh, law enforcement entities there for people that if they did capture something to submit that via a portal of some sort to the police department so that they can start putting this thing together. The video will be crucial in determining, uh, you know, you have two people with guns, but Kansas City, from what I'm seeing, has got some less restrictive gun laws than, uh, for instance, New York State does. So is this a case where one person pulled the gun and another one pulled it as an act of self-defense? And did his bullet strike somebody accidentally? Or did the guy that originally pulled the weapon bullet strike somebody, so now it's a murder? It's going to be a very, very complex investigation there to determine what happened. And in, in this case, uh, in this kind of a case, I'd imagine that the video evidence uh, for both the prosecution and the defense is going to be of great importance. Absolutely, especially if there's any video catching the initial incident and what sparked uh, these rounds to be fired. Uh, without that, it really could turn into a large he said, she said in terms of what the suspect's uh, might say, and if they aren't willing to cooperate and speak, then you are trying to recreate backwards the event from the point of where are your victims to where were the shots fired and what was the motive behind it. To recap, at the conclusion of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade and rally, gunshots rang out, and there was panic in Kansas City, as you might imagine, and a total of Ten people, according to the KC Fire Department, ten people were shot. Of those who were shot, three in critical condition, one dead, two under arrest. That is according to KMBZ. Uh, we 
had some of their coverage earlier and other reports of 15 people injured. How many of those were gunshot? How many of those were trampling injuries, if any? We do not know. It's a fluid situation. These things always are. Uh, in the immediate aftermath. And we're talking with Jeff Ronaldo, captain, retired Buffalo Police Department with uh, Vista Security. And uh, talking about the uh, prosecution of a case like this, you certainly uh, have been through your uh, fair number of trial days, uh, I'm sure in homicide and other cases. Um, what kind of uh, arguments are I know you're not an attorney, but what kind of arguments are likely to uh, to come up? You mentioned earlier something about a self-defense argument being possible in a situation like this. Well, sure. I mean, you know, I'm sure the uh, state of Missouri has similar laws to New York in terms of ours is called Article 35. It's the defense of justification that says if I use force, was I justified? And if so, what's the legal statute or the reason that allows me to use that force? So depending on how Missouri's laws are set up, one or more of the parties involved in this could potentially look to make a justification defense to say, hey, yes, I did this, but here's why. Um, Generally, though, these laws don't allow you to be reckless in the use of that force in terms of just taking a gun and spraying it towards somebody. Uh, You are responsible, even as a police officer, for every single bullet that leaves your gun. But again, these are all possibilities that you know law enforcement has to consider when they're investigating this crime so as to be able to appropriately charge those responsible. And of course, not just from a uh, criminal uh, culpability standpoint, but also from a civil liability standpoint, because as you said, uh, you let a round go, you own that round. A hundred percent. I mean, the uh, civil litigation for an event like this is going to be astronomical, and uh, basically every entity under the sun will probably be named at some point in it. But uh, the civil investigation will start, you know, quite some time after the criminal. But right now, it's just a matter of again trying to figure out who's responsible for what, why did it happen, and and what you know. What went wrong in terms of could it have been addressed quicker? Could it have been prevented? You know, those are all questions that the investigation is going to look into. Jeff Ronaldo, did we learn anything as a result of uh, today's uh, tragedy in Kansas City? Well, I think unfortunately, uh, Tom, it the lesson was already learned. Uh, I, I think the law enforcement. Uh, for quite some time now has been aware of the possibility of things like this happening in these events. As I said, you know, in my uh, time with the police department, the amount of planning that we would do anytime we were having a parade or a 4th of July or any other large-scale public event, uh, the planning was massive. Uh, the amount of resources that the department has to expend to properly protect these events is massive. It's expensive. And really, at the end of the day, no matter the best job that the police can do to try to protect us, uh, things like this can happen. And today is the sad reality of what every cop's nightmare is when it comes to these large-scale public events. Now, Captain, thank you very much uh, for sharing your time and your expertise with us. Uh, Much appreciated. And someday, maybe we'll get a chance to talk under nicer circumstances. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. Have a good evening. Thank you. Captain Jeff Ronaldo, Buffalo Police Department, retired with Vista Security.
Uh, special thanks to Tanner Saunders for phenomenal work today getting us in and out of Kansas City, to uh, brand manager Lisa Polizzi in the control room, and everybody behind the scenes at News Radio 930 WBEN. Tom Puckett is up next with Buffalo's Evening News 6 until 7. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.